0: Internal Revenue Service IRS tax news. IRS wraps up its 2021, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, scams list with warning about promoted abusive arrangements. IR 2021-144, July 1st, 2021, Washington. The Internal Revenue Service today concludes the, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, list of tax scams with a warning to taxpayers to watch out for schemes peddled by tax promoters, including syndicated conservation easements, abusive micro-captive insurance arrangements, and other abusive arrangements. So these might be some of the more complex type of systems set up in the dirty dozen uh, for the IRS here, where we have people basically convincing others to be taking tax positions, which the IRS does not think are warranted or correct under the tax law. So the IRS warns people to be on the lookout for promoters who peddle false hopes of the large tax deductions from abusive arrangements. These, quote, deals, end quote, are generally marked by unscrupulous promoters who make false claims about their legitimacy and charge high fees to boot. So they're basically going to say, "Hey, there's this thing that you could set up for. We'll charge a fee in order to get things set up, and there's gonna be this really great tax advantage for it, which once again, the iRS is saying there's not supported in terms of a legitimate deduction, and therefore it could cause you more problems in the long run as the iRS could be going after and looking into these types of arrangements more closely uh going forward so these promoters frequently devise new ways to cheat the system and market them aggressively some promoters play the audit lottery hoping they don't get noticed so the audit lottery meaning if you take basically a very aggressive position on your tax return even if it's not supported by the tax law there's some likelihood of course that you might not get audited and it might it might go through the fact that you take a position which if audited the IRS may win And you would basically, you know, lose and you'd have to owe penalties and interest and the taxes on top of it. The fact that that doesn't happen doesn't mean the position was correct. It just it just means that you didn't. It's just it's like speeding. of course, if you go over the speed limit and you're going 100 miles an hour in a 60, then the fact that you didn't get caught and didn't get a ticket doesn't mean it's right. right? That just means that you didn't get caught and didn't get a ticket. So and these are things obviously the IRS sees these kind of activities increasing. And they start to warn more and more that they are cracking down and looking into these type of activities more as they see them being abused uh, more openly. But what you want to do generally is, of course, take the position that you can you can make sure that you justify the position that you're taking on the tax return and realize that you yourself, of course, are the one primary primarily responsible for reporting your taxes, even if you're hiring someone else for help and assistance uh, with that process. So there could be circumstances when you're taking a position that you think is legitimate on the tax code, but it's not explicit on the tax code, but you have a good argument for it. But if you're taking, of course, positions where it's clear that uh, that it's not a legitimate position, then you want to basically avoid that that type of position. And these people that are dealing with those types of things often are trying to hope that they're going to basically keep on going as long as they can without being you know, caught up due to the fact that, uh, like I say, everybody that speeds—you know—only only a percentage of the time are you actually going to get a ticket for it. But again, the IRS is increasing that that time as they look into many of these types of things. So, in any case, to fight the evolving variety of these abusive arrangements, the IRS recently created the Office of Promoter Investment uh, Investigations, the OPI. To focus on participants and the promoters of abusive tax avoidance transactions opi coordinates uh, service-wide enforcement activities the best defense for a taxpayers approached by a promoter is to show caution if it sounds too good to be true it probably is so obviously if someone's coming up and saying hey look you know set up we set up this thing it's going to cost you this much but you're going to be saving this extraordinary amount in terms of tax savings And if it's the whole thing is set up just to have tax savings, then that's usually not a good thing, right? That's not, you know, taxes obviously can help you determine what decision you should be making. But if you're making a whole financial transaction simply for the reason of taxes, That's usually could be, you know, not not good, right? It it should raise a red flag that something doesn't seem quite right there. So these aggressively marketed abusive arrangements wrap up the IRS's annual, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, list and include the following. you got the syndicated conservation easements. Now, these are things that the IRS has been basically vocal about that they're actually looking into more aggressively. So, again, when these kind of things start out, you might have more of them that do basically not get audited and whatnot. But then of course, as the IRS zeros in on them, you're going to have a higher percentage of them that they'll look into. Also note that if you're taking an extremely aggressive stance, usually the statute of limitations for the IRS to come back is like three years. But if you're you're committing basically fraud on the tax return, then those limitations basically could go out the window and they can come back, (laughs) you know, they can come back, you know, later over that and, and, question you about something that happened years ago if they believe that uh, you know you took a basically fraudulent position on it so in any case a syndicated conservation easement promoters take a provision of tax law for conservation easement and twist it through using inflated appraisals of underdeveloped and uh, land and partnerships so obviously kind of the part of the problem here is these inflated appraisals when you're thinking about land and whatnot Part of the problem with valuing land as opposed to something like stocks, stocks are easy to value because they're actually trading on the stock market. But land is going to be something that's unique. There's no two places of land that are going to be the same. And so the only way to get a valuation on it is to appraise it, which is an estimate. And if you get, you know, dishonest appraisers that are making very aggressive estimates, then you could end up with estimates that are way out of touch with reality and then taking tax positions basically on these on this kind of lie of an appraisement which is the pro, you know so these abusive arrangements are designed to game the system and generate inflated and unwarranted tax deductions often by using inflated appraisals of undeveloped land and partnerships devoid of a legitimate business purpose so again you got a partnership i mean if the legitimate if the business purpose of the partnership is to get is to get illegitimate tax deductions the IRS is most likely taking the position there that that's not that's not a business purpose right abusing the, you know simply abusing the tax code is not generally you know <laughs> it's not like a so that's kind of the position they've been taking it looks to me or my my interpretation of it and it looks like their position is strengthening over time with these types of uh, situations and they're looking into the more it seems And therefore, you want to be very cautious and make sure you're you're looking you you know you got everything reported properly. So more information can be found at IRS increases enforcement action on syndicated conservation easements. There's a link to that here. So if if you have any questions about whether or not you're involved in something like that and what the IRS is currently doing, what they're suggesting, what kind of actions they suggest you should take if you are in a situation like that, because you know that you know. Then, then you might want to take proactive action if you think it's something that you should do, and you can go to the IRS site here to look more into it. Then we have the abusive micro captive arrangements. In an abusive quote micro captive structure, uh, promoters, accountants, and wealth planners persuade owners of closely held entities to participate in schemes that lack many of the attributes of insurance. So now they're calling them, of course, schemes that are you know are going under the guise of possibly you know insurance here so for example coverages may quote ensure in quote um, implausible risks fail to match genuine business needs or duplicate the taxpayers commercial coverage but the quote premiums end quote paid under these arrangements are often uh, excessive and used to uh, to shirt tax law So additional information can be found at IRS offers settlement for micro captive insurance schemes, letters being mailed to groups under audit. So once again, if you if you think that you might be, you know, in something like that and you are saying, oh, man, I've already got a tax return set up on something like that. I, you know, I thought it was legitimate or whatnot. Obviously, some of these people can be quite convincing, especially in these more complex types of things. You know, you're dealing with some with people generally that are a lot more convincing than someone calling you pretending to be the IRS and whatnot. So uh, if you have participated in something like that, then you might want to say, OK, what is the IRS doing about it? What do they recommend about it? How can I you know, take action proactively, which is usually beneficial uh, in, in this case? And again, remember that just because you they didn't question something on your tax return and they gave you the refund that you requested, doesn't mean that it's not going to be questioned. I mean, you got three years on the statute of limitation, so it's possible it could be audited later, especially if you happen to be in an area where the IRS is focusing, uh, like they are in some of these areas, clearly. So recently, the IRS has stepped up enforcement against a uh, variation using potentially abusive offshore captive insurance companies domiciled in Puerto Rico and elsewhere. So then we have the potentially abusive use of the US uh, multi-tax uh, treaty. Some US citizen and residents are relying on an interpretation of the US multi-income uh, tax treaty uh, to, take pose- to take position that they may contribute appreciated property tax-free to certain Maltese uh, pension plans and that there that there are also no tax consequences when the plan sells the assets and distributes proceeds to the U.S. taxpayer. Ordinarily gain would be recognized upon disposition of the plan's assets and distributions of the proceeds. So basically obviously if you if you got the assets and you sell the assets, then the gains would generally be something that's going to be taxable. And they're trying to say that because it's going through this this system here, that it's for some reason not taxable. And of course, the IRS is saying no, we want we want money, we want we want money. So, so that does sound something doesn't sound quite right with that, right? So something does seem kind of not. Quite right with that, you would think. So the IRS is evaluating the issue to determine the validity of these arrangements and whether treaty benefits should be available in such instances and may challenge the associated tax treatment. So it looks like the IRS kind of has that in their sights that they're going to be aiming at. I, I don't, it looks like they may not have been doing quite as much building of, of cases as they have in some of the prior two that we've looked at. So you, you know, obviously we'll see later on see the court cases. As they start going after these people, they'll start to build a precedent and see. And if they start winning because the other people could fight back, right? They could say, no, I think it's a legitimate position under the law. You may not like it, IRS, but that's what it is. So, so, but the IRS looks like they're saying, hey, we think we got a good position there. And then you could see the cases build as, as it goes forward. And if they, if they start going in the IRS's direction, that gives them a lot more weight then go more aggressively after after more of these types of things which is kind of what they did it looks to me like on the on the prior two we looked at so then we have the improper claims of business credits improper claim for the research and experimentation credit generally involves failure to participate in or substantiate qualified research activities and or satisfy the requirements related to qualified research expenses to claim a research credit taxpayers must evaluate And appropriately document the research activities over a period of time to establish the amount of qualified research expenses paid for each qualified research activity. Taxpayers should carefully review reports or studies to ensure they accurately reflect the taxpayer's activities. Then we have the improper monetized installment sales. So we have promoters and taxpayers seeking to defer the recognition of gain upon the sale of appreciated property and organize an abusive shelter through selling them monetized installment sales. These transactions occur when an intermediary purchases appreciated property from a seller in exchange for an installment note, which typically provides the payments of interest only with principal being paid at the end of the term. Uh, And this arrangement the seller gets the lion's share of the proceeds but improperly delays the gain recognition on the appreciated property until the final payment on the installment note often slated for many years later so they're basically saying you know they're trying to defer the gain of the property by setting up this note that has a big giant balloon payment at the end and basically, interest payments on it, and and they're basically saying that because we set up the note this way, and the payment's not going to happen till later, it, you know, it's not going to be a recognized you know sale until that payment happened. But the IRS's position, you would most likely say, no, you don't get to defer defer it way out because we want our money now and whatnot. So they're going to most likely take the position that no, you made the sale when you made the <laughs> agreement, and uh, and we want we want we want taxes or something. So and again, obviously, it looks like, of course, the arrangement was set up that way clearly to defer the taxes. So we'll see more about that. We'll see if the IRS, you know, pursues those and what they what they come up with with that one. The IRS continues to to pursue actions against promoters of these schemes, as well as the taxpayers who participate in them. Quote, we are stepping up our enforcement against abusive arrangements. End quote, said IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick, quote, don't be lulled, lulled into these shady deals the irs recommends that anyone who participated in one of these abusive arrangements should consult independent counsel about coming into compliance end quote and so they're basically saying hey look we're coming at, we're coming after these things and uh and uh <laughs> so if you're participating in one of them then you might want to take pre-acti- pre-active pro a- preactive action or action before the irs because usually if you do that then they're they're better. It's better if they if they come after you later so any case so for more tax schemes you can visit irs.gov forward slash dirty dozen there's a link to that here there'll be a link to this in the description